0: Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm a health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Today, it's all going to be about insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is a really, really big uh, common, I would say, like denominator in women with PCOS. Up to 70% of us, we have insulin resistance. It's really prevalent. It's also why women with PCOS has four times the risk of developing chronic disease, such as diabetes type 2. Um, And if you're wondering... Um, if you have PCOS and if you're wondering, oh, why is it so hard for me to lose weight? Definitely tune into this episode because I will be talking about why it is so hard to lose weight with PCOS, what actually is insulin, how insulin can have certain effects on your body, and why there is hope, um, what the solutions are to improve your insulin resistance and your blood sugar levels. So personally for me, I don't really have insulin resistance. I probably do a little bit, but whenever I got tested with my naturopathic doctor, my functional medicine doctor before, my fasting insulin was okay. My fasting glucose levels were, were good. Um, so this is purely for just everyone else who definitely know, you know, you have gone for hormone testing and you definitely know that you have insulin resistance. And for those of you who know my blog and my website, this episode is actually going to be an audio version of the insulin resistance and PCOS post posted uh, last month in September. So let's get started. So why can it be so hard to lose weight with PCOS? First off, we are born with a likeness for the sweet taste due to the sweetness of breast milk. Our brains are also wired to like sweetness due to the hits of dopamine every time we eat a bar of chocolate or candy or ice cream, or whatever. So for me, um, I heard that Dr. Stephanie Estima, she actually gave various reasons on why we struggle. And this is more due to biological reasons and a big factor that drives our biological system, which is our hormones. I remember, without opening the article right now, I remember that one of the very, the biggest reasons is that women are primed for pregnancy, right? In evolutionary times, we always store more fat because for one, we have boobs, and for another, you know, we have to store milk. We have to actually bring a baby into being, a being into this world. So for those reasons, uh, we definitely kind of cling on to the fat more than men. And as I said before, besides an excess of androgens and irregular periods involving an ovulatory cycles, most women with PCOS has insulin resistance, which can contribute to this difficulty in losing weight. So what is insulin? right? Like other hormones that are commonly known, such as cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, insulin is actually also a hormone and is produced in the pancreas in response to an increase in your blood sugar levels in the body. So if you were to go for hormone testing, your doctor should actually be measuring both the fasting insulin levels and the glucose fasting levels. Um, Most uh, conventional medicine doctors, they only measure uh, glucose fasting levels, uh, which I think is not enough because you definitely need to know if you know the amount of insulin that you produce is even enough, like some people you know they have resistance, it just means that your body needs to produce a lot more insulin in order to respond to the same amount of stimuli from whatever you have just eaten. On the other hand, some people. You know, they, they respond to insulin really fast. They're pretty sensitive to it. So it's really important that you should know what your results are. And the results, the ranges for these are, it should be less than eight for your fasting insulin levels and less than 85 for glucose fasting levels. Women with PCOS apparently have ovarian theca cells that are actually less sensitive to the release of insulin, so it makes our cells in the body resistant to the stimuli of increased blood sugar levels, and this is what is called insulin resistance and and what diabetics actually are affected by. So a study actually explored the metabolic flexibility between PCOS women, diabetic women and normal women with a healthy BMI. And they actually found that the PCOS women, they use lower amount of glucose in a carbohydrate fat state for energy, and it's coupled with higher amounts of visceral adipose tissue, and so this means they are less uh, metabolically flexible. So let's talk about how the impact of insulin resistance can have on your body. So the first one, very important, let's think, let's uh, recap, right? This is about hormones. So obviously the first and most important impact would be impacting your testosterone and estrogen levels in the body. And with PCOS, you know, our hormones are the key, 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 key thing to all of our symptoms right irregular periods your acne your hair loss hair growth whatever everything is tied to hormones so you really need to pay attention to the levels of hormones in your body and how to balance it in order to manage your symptoms properly so high circulating insulin it actually stimulates testosterone secretion in the ovaries which inhibits sex hormone binding globulin, which is a protein that usually binds to testosterone. So this results in one of the hallmark traits of PCOS, the high circulating testosterone. So let's kind of go into detail here a little bit, okay? So when you eat sugar, I'm going to break it down, you can actually read the detail in the blog post. Um, So when we eat sugar, it actually causes an increase in our blood sugar levels, and it also increases our cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone. And this actually impacts the sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. And remember, this SHBG is used to bind the testosterone so that the testosterone is not free floating around the body. So if you have high levels of cortisol and high levels of insulin, it actually lowers the amount of SHBG, and this will create more free testosterone in the body because it is no longer bound to this protein. And this affects PCOS women because as you know, elevated levels of testosterone in the body can cause acne and hair growth in many areas. And further along, the high levels of testosterone can then cause the increase in conversion of androgens to estrogen via the process called aromatization, which leads to higher levels of estrogen. And as we all know, estrogen dominance, or what it's normally usually called, in uh, you know, in uh, comparison to a lower level of progesterone, um, when we have a symptom of estrogen buildup, we usually have breast tenderness, uh, we have PMS symptoms, we have heavy cramps coming up, uncontrollable crying and all that. So as you can see, when you eat too much sugar or when you have insulin resistance, you also end up having higher levels of testosterone and estrogen along the line. So it's kind of like a self-perpetuating loop. So the next one, how does insulin resistance actually affect our body? It causes the confusion of signaling in the ovaries and no periods. So when you have high levels of estrogen and testosterone, your ovaries are confused, right? Usually at the beginning of your menstrual cycle, you should recall that estrogen is the main dominant hormone and the surge in estrogen usually, usually causes ovaries to produce follicles. However, this increasing estrogen right now is actually due to high blood sugar levels. So there is no ovulation, right? There's no rupture of the egg. The follicle does not release an egg. And basically, ovulation is usually followed by the production of progesterone by the corpus luteum in order to balance everything out. And so on the contrary, if you don't have ovulation right now, There will be no progesterone being produced, and eventually, you don't actually get your period. So as Dr. Bryden puts it, estrogen is easier to control because the levels of it occurs before ovulation. So you can have control over your diet, over your stress management, over your body, your home environment, whatever you do in order to kind of control the amount of estrogen. And actually, a woman can have estrogen without ovulating, but progesterone only comes after ov- ovulation, and thus it is also it is easier for a woman to be low in progesterone, leading to an absence of periods. So this is also why ovulation is considered a hallmark of health, and you know it should happen every month. If you're not ovulating, and this is also a sure sign of PCOS, definitely need to check it out. Um, and in the blog post that I'm kind of referring to. There's actually a video where I explain the basics of the menstrual cycle. If you're really confused about what is estrogen, what is progesterone, what is happening in your menstrual cycle, uh, just go to the blog post and look the video up. So the third effect that insulin resistance has on our body is actually disrupting the signaling of our leptin. So leptin is our satiety hormone. It's what makes you full. So a study actually found that higher higher amounts of leptin were found in PCOS women together with insulin resistance and higher BMI compared to women without PCOS. And another study found that there were higher amounts of leptin found in obese PCOS women as compared to lean PCOS women. So what this means is that um, sorry, leptin is our hunger hormone. So basically, we are unable to know when we are full. So our leptin hormone, you know, the ho- the hormone, the signaling, it just keeps going on and on. It doesn't turn off. So we're constantly feeling hungry. You're always feeling hungry before your, you know, before your period, which is really common chances are your leptin is kind of disrupted. Um, Your overall metabolism is disrupted as well because um, the elevated leptin resistance, it disrupts ovulation. It further elevates the levels of androgens and it puts you into an endless loop of hormone disbalance. So you're kind of feeling out of it. Your body is not being able to use the enough glucose for energy. And, you know, it shows the signs of insulin resistance. And this can actually pinpoint you towards unhealthy metabolism. The last effect and... Um, most prominently is with insulin resistance, the extra glucose in the bloodstream gets converted into visceral abdominal tissue, which is actually the fat that's around the organs, which causes inflammatory chemicals to be released. So that is actually a perimeter of measuring metabolic flexibility in research studies. So the body then accumulates all these inflammatory chemicals that are released by the fat tissue, and it goes into an inflammatory state, which can really worsen your hormonal disbalance, it can worsen your metabolic rate. So, all this impact, obviously, it affects the ability to lose weight, right? So, summary, um, you know, first thing, you get hormonal disbalance, you get higher levels of testosterone and estrogen, you get no periods, you might or might not ovulate, because you know, your high levels of estrogen is because of blood, high blood sugar levels. It's not because it is time for ovulation to take place. And then your ovaries get kind of confused. So then your leptin signaling, it's also kind of get wacky in that sense because it is affected by the disrupted signaling in your ovaries so that you don't really feel very full. You always feel hungry all the time. Um, you get cravings. And then the last bit is that your fats can't continuously accumulate um, because of the extra glucose in the bloodstream that do not get taken up by insulin to be stored as energy. So... Um, you can see why it's actually really hard to lose weight with PCOS because it's so complex and all of us, you know, there's no one cause of PCOS, like everything is linked, right? So the best way, which I will share with you later, is actually to really look at lifestyle, look at nutrition, look at environment that can really help to, excuse me, that can kind of really help to target why, you're, why do you have these symptoms by targeting the underlying root cause, which is insulin resistance. And last bit before I get to the solutions bit is that I wanna have a word on stress. I have blogged about the impacts of stress on the body before and it's no different when it comes to blood sugar levels, right? So as I said before, the stress hormone or cortisol, it actually causes blood sugar to rise. It takes out sugar stored in glycogen and it releases it into the bloodstream because your body thinks that, oh my god, you're stressed, you need to run away. So obviously it would take out the stored energy in your muscles and convert it into blood glucose in order for you to run away from like a tiger or something. So over time, if you're highly stressed from work, uh, you know, in the modern day, stress comes from, you know, emotional, mental, your relationships, career, all these things, it can actually really kind of impact your adrenals. And At the same time, um, it's going to impact your high insulin levels in response to high blood sugar. So if you're also emotionally eating junk sugary foods, you know, when you're really stressed, when you're stress eating, this is just going to get worse, right? You're stress eating, you have high levels of stress hormone, high levels of insulin. Even talking about it or saying out loud is just really, really chaotic. So your body's like in a mess right now. But no worries, there is hope. Research shows that actually losing weight can lead to the regulation of menstrual cycle and insulin regulation. And other benefits would be dropping the amount of vet that you have, improving sense of satiety, and reduction of inflammation and hormonal confusion. Whew! Doesn't that sound great? So, and also for women who are on the mummy to be you want to be a mom, actually achieving a healthier weight can increase chances of fertility in a healthier way. So right now, um, I want to pause um, and just look, kind of let you take in the information for a little bit. So, you know, just think about insulin resistance, whether you have insulin resistance, um, look at your lifestyle. Look at are you always craving, are you always hungry every two to three hours? What do you need? Um, Just think about that for a second. Hey everyone, so I'm going to take a break from the podcast and talk to you about something that's dear to my heart, and it's also the beginning of why I started this podcast. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple, using Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, what I'm doing now is actually reading this ad and then getting paid for it. I use Anchor because it's so easy for me to start off my business and to just get my word out there about PCOS and about weight loss. I love it because it's easy to use, it's user-friendly, and anyone can use it. If you're not confident with speaking, this is the perfect way to get practice. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money while doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm/.start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And now um, I'm going to be telling you the really quick tips, solutions to improve your insulin resistance and blood sugar levels. So if you want to jot this down you know, on paper, or in your mind, or just go to my blog post and do a screenshot. All of this is outlined in my article. So the first one is take no more than 20 grams of sugar in a day for good hormonal balance. And this is by Dr. Magdalena. She's the founder of Hormone Balance. She's amazing for, um, you know, cooking for Hormone Balance. So I definitely trust her advice on this. So 20 grams of sugar is actually not a lot. If you think about it, if I buy like a bottle of healthy elixir that uses healthy sugars like coconut sugar or dates, it can easily be 10 grams already. So that that bottle will be half of the sugar that I need for today. So at times it can be really hard, especially your craving. Um, I would say go slow, just take it easy. Um, 20 grams of sugar is actually converted to five teaspoons of sugar. So that's actually quite low. Um, for some healthier alternatives of desserts that you can make. So I love this because I just made this healthy brownie that uses the remaining uh, celery pulp from juice that I made yesterday. So the brownies are actually healthy. I get fiber in my brownies. They weren't too sweet at all. I only use like four tablespoons of maple syrup um, to make like a really big bowl of brownies. Um, and also actually adding resistant starch to your meals. For example, green banana flour. Um, it actually resists digestion, so it doesn't cause your blood sugar levels to spike. And so that's great. Like, who would want that, right? Um, avoid high fructose fruit, food, dried fruit, and dessert, and then separate this from high carbohydrate foods. So basically, just cutting out all the fructose intake, your processed sugars, artificial sugars, um, malodextrin, whatever, high fructose corn syrup, all these things are really not good for you. Just cutting them out. Dry fruit is included. And even all your conventional dessert, definitely cut them out first. And kind of stick to low glycemic foods and fruit-like berries. I love berries for this. Make sure you eat wholesome meals with enough protein and fat. So protein and fat really keeps you full. I always say this because it really works. Even if I eat a green apple and that contains less the amount of fructose than a red apple, I always eat it with peanut butter or almond butter because the fats in it will keep me full alongside with the fiber um, if you don't remove the skin of your apple. Addressing gut health, obviously, because some bacteria are attracted to sugar molecules. So if they love sugar and you keep eating sugar, it's gonna keep growing all the bad bacteria and then you're gonna get all the gut symptoms like constipation and flatulence and gas and all these things and bloating. And we just don't want that, right? So increasing actually the amount of bitter foods uh, to rewire the taste buds. So this is actually my personal uh, recommendation because ever since I started eating more Brussels sprouts, matcha, um, especially fermented foods like uh, kimchi, really, really sour kimchi, it can really throw you off the sugar game. You no longer feel like you need to uh, drink any kind of sugar. Um, I have to say that kombucha is also a fermented food here, but some um, especially flavored kombucha, it can be still quite sugary. So definitely try to stick to the really sour and bittery foods first before you reach for some kombucha. Um, here, I i have put in some supplements and herbals that would help like inositol for insulin sensi- sensitivity, Berberine, metformin as an anti-inflammatory and blood sugar stabilizer and also magnesium. Magnesium is awesome. Zinc is also awesome because zinc kind of takes care of your excess levels of testosterone. Um, I actually came across that beef and chicken liver are amazing nutrient-dense foods, so definitely include that, especially if you're concerned about fertility, and also if you want to kind of balance your blood sugar levels. Go check that out. Dr. Aviva Ram is actually a great resource for taking care of PCOS symptoms, and I've put in a link uh, in my article, so go check it out. There are many recommendations there, and she's like a functional medicine doctor, and her first step of treatment is like mine, which is to address the blood sugar levels and focus on eating whole, fresh foods, not ones that are out in the package or canned food. And as with all articles and recommendations, do seek help from either a health coach and also a licensed functional medicine doctor in order to best determine which supplements are good for you. Whole food guidance-wise, everybody, you know, I strongly encourage you to start cooking. You can never go wrong with whole foods. Just go for organic as much as you can. And, you know, in two to three months, you can actually target hormonal balance.